Welcome back to Let Me Be Brief. I'm Andy Rieger, joined with my co-host, Matt Basinger, Jay Rieger & Co., Swell Spark. We're here with our friends from Let It Fly Media, crushing the production of this. And obviously, our coffee and water is sponsored by Hub International. Today, we have a great guest. We have Peter Malouk of Creative Planning. Peter, welcome to the show. It's good to be here. I was just you know, commenting before the show, I've got to say that it's interesting to me that I don't have any of your products sitting in front of me to drink during this, but uh, we're going to have fun anyway. Well, we'll be honest, we're recording this at 10.47 a.m., <laughs> so we're trying to be a little responsible. Uh, creative planning, give us the high level. High level is independent wealth management, meaning it's a firm that doesn't have its own products. A lot of financial advice in the United States, the, the person you're paying to give you advice has their own products to sell. It's actually pretty unique to have an advisor that doesn't have their own products to sell you. It's it's weird because you go to a doctor, a lawyer, a CPA, they have to act in your best interests. In the US, an advisor does not have to. Only about 10% fall in that camp. We call that group fiduciaries. We're in that group. And uh, we work with, we have about 700 employees working with about 40,000 clients in all 50 states. And that's who you are now. How did you get there? T tell me sort of the journey and the path. So we started out as an independent wealth management firm and our story was very much the same as it is today. It's just little bit more magnified. We were, the idea was to be an independent firm that did planning, financial planning for people. So we would know what their goals were before we gave them investment advice. I just saying, Hey, you're this age, you should be in this, inv these investments, or this is your risk tolerance. You should be in these investments. Didn't ever seem right to me. It should really be like, what are you trying to do? You're trying to pay for your kid's school four years or eight years, public or private, all of it, or some of it. Then what kind of money management do we need to make that happen? Same with retirement, same with if, if you're gone and the family needs money. So trying to have build a financial plan to do needs-based investing was another big part of it. And then the idea of having legal and tax and other things all in-house. Well, we were doing that in 2004. We're doing that today. What's changed is I was doing all of it in 2004. And you know now there's 100 people that do nothing but come to work and practice in our legal or tax groups. And there's several hundred certified financial planners. And so the difference today is really breadth and depth, talent, experience, and and uh, having really built out the offering to, to really be top shelf uh, for our clients. And so I, I think more than anything, it's it's the collective experience the team has that's changed. And, and talk to me about your ideal customer. Who's the person that should be calling creative planning? So we've, we've tried to make it almost everybody. We've got three groups uh, of clients that we work with. So we have Emerging Wealth, which is folks that are is starting to save. Uh, they're on their path to success. We want to help them succeed. So we have a, a team of advisors that works with those folks that have 50,000 to 400,000 to invest. Then our our largest group is what we call our private wealth group, works with people that have you know 400,000 to 10 or 25 million. We have hundreds of advisors all over the country that work with those folks. Then we have thousands of clients in Kansas City uh, that fit in that category. And then we have an ultra-fluent practice that works with a few hundred families that have you know, 10 million, 25 million, several hundred million uh, or more to invest. And so wherever that client fits, we've got a team designed to meet their needs. It's working with people like them all the time. It has the resources in-house to help them. So I get to be the dumb guy on this podcast, which is my very favorite thing. Andy, that was me. And, and, <laughs> you know, and, and Andy and I have great conversations. He comes from a financial background. I come from an education background. Yeah. And uh, But one of the smartest decisions I ever made when we were 21, 22, young and married, we started financial planning. Mm -hmm. um, What's really funny now is, you know, every time one of my former students or every time some of my friends, they ended up at some of these other financial planning institutions and they're trying to win your business. And, and I'm like, dude, why should I trust 
a 22 year old out of college, like what, what is the added value? Like, I'll just, just trust me. Right. The proof is kind of in the pudding for y'all and that you have, you've received numerous awards for what is you do, but could you talk to us a little bit more in depth? Like what is the value add? What makes you different than the hundreds of other places in not just Kansas city, but in the United States that uh, promises to help customers help people take care of their money and serve them long-term? I think a big part of it is just avoiding the, the conflict. I mean, you don't want to pay somebody who's then going to go, okay, here, my advice to you is to for you to buy my company's mutual fund or my company's life insurance policy. And so having that independence, you know, people used to have to choose, okay, I'm going to go to a world where there's experience, but there's a conflict, or I'm going to get an independent advisor. And the, a lot of those firms are smaller, mm-hmm. and they don't have a lot of breadth and depth. Um, so you don't have the collective experience, but you have the independence. And I think we're sitting in a sweet spot with a few other firms where we have the experience, but we don't have that investment and planning conflict. And so I think that's a very big part of it is just getting impartial advice. You don't want to go to a doctor who makes more money if you buy one medicine over the other. You don't want to go to a doctor that owns medication A or you're going to get medication A. It's just how it works. You know, incentives drive uh, behavior. And so we remove that, that conflict and still have all of the experience. That's a very big part of it. I think the other part of it is the industry, there's not a lot of people who have a lot of education and credentials in our industry. So you go to a doctor, they had to go to college to learn how to do that, right? Same with a lawyer, architect, engineer. Most advisors don't have any education or credentials related to advice. And so, you know, before we, every team we have at Creative Planning that's sitting with a client has a certified financial planner, has an attorney, has a CPA. And so, people that are educated and credentialed and participating in continuing education. So really just making sure people are, get, we're putting the best advice advisors we can in front of people's, I think another pretty significant difference. It shouldn't be a difference. The things I'm talking about should not be differences. I mean, imagine a doctor saying, hey, the difference is, you know, that I'm at a, a big hospital, is, is that I'm at a hospital with a lot of great tools. I don't sell my own, I don't sell my own <laughs> products. Uh, and I went to school, right, for this. I mean, that that would not be a difference. We expect it there. But in, in financial services, it is one. Yeah. And you all have, have clearly had a lot of success. Um, you know, you, you drive on Nall and you get to see your, your name and lights, right, uh, on the building. But what is, like, why has that model been so successful for you guys? Why has that helped you to grow so much over the course of the last 16 or so years? Well, I think it's a part of it's because it's unique in the industry. And so you know, somebody's looking for an advisor and they want uh, – to have somebody that has expertise and doesn't have a conflict, has a lot of things in-house, and you can count on one hand the firms in America that, that can do that. I mm-hmm. think another big part is being here in Kansas City has been a huge, a huge win for us. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at all these top advisory lists, you'll usually see all these firms in New York and California, and they're all, you know, and we'll, we'll be in there. We're very proud of that, that we're, where we're surrounded by these firms on the coast. And, you know, if I had to do it over again. I, I, I did it here because I was born and raised here and I yeah. spent my whole life here with the exception of a long stint in Lawrence um, that I stretched out as long as I could. But then ultimately I, I came back here. Rock chalk. Uh, yeah, rock chalk. And that's why it was, that's why it's here. But at the end of the day, I can't imagine anywhere else because folks on the coasts love the idea of working with an advisor in the Midwest. You know, there's a lot of educated people in Kansas City. There's a strong work ethic in Kansas City. Um, there's a sense of community here and it carries forward through how we deal with our clients. And so I think we have this personnel advantage that's, you know, pretty significant mm-hmm. over our competitors, you know, outside of the outside of the metro area. So growth has been a really big thing for you ever since yeah. you started and you've grown, correct me if I'm wrong, both very organically, but also through lots of acquisitions along the way. Yeah. What's really been your thus far biggest misstep 
in your path to growth? Well, what's that one thing that you say, I didn't do X, Y, or Z, or I missed this opportunity to acquire this type of a company, or something along those lines that people could learn from a mistake? We really went from 04 until last year without acquiring any firms. So we kind of went from zero to 50 billion um, without acquiring anybody. And someone had approached me about 13 months ago, I just happened to know this because we, we just talked recently, and about joining our firm. And I was like, oh, we don't do acquisitions. But long story short, because this is a short podcast, uh, I got over that and it went so well that I've done it over and over again. I've done it now a dozen times in the in the last year. And really for us, we're in, we're in all the kind of the major league baseball markets already. And it's allowed us to get a more significant presence in other markets. We've kind of got a very strong culture now. I, I call it the trunk to the tree is strong. So it's easy to add branches now without disrupting uh, the culture, which is why I never wanted to do them uh, earlier on. So a big part of our, I mean, we're still 98% of our firm is is organic and only 2% today uh, is acquisitions. Biggest mistakes uh, are the same as the biggest strength. The biggest strength of creative planning is, is we've been very, very good at finding incredible people. And so the biggest mistakes have been a couple of mistakes along the line of hiring the wrong people and maybe not parting ways with them quick enough. And my, you know, my advice to any of your business owners listening is, no matter how talented somebody is, don't try to work around them. Don't try to accommodate them. You really want to extract that from your your organization as quickly as possible. It's just never worth it. And I, you know, I used to have, um, I, I just give a third chance and a fourth chance and a fifth chance. And I thought I was doing that person a favor. I also hate conflict, and so I really hated uh, letting you know letting go of people. And I wanted, by if they were leaving, I wanted it to be like, hey, I give them every chance in the world. And really, a, a, a flip of a switch moment for me. Was there was a woman in the office who you know came to, came in to talk to me and she's like hey I don't really you know I don't really have a lot of advice for you she's but I got one thing she goes you think you're helping people when you keep uh, kicking the can down the road with them but you're making it harder for all of the rest of us and that really shifted my thinking about uh, about employees that it's not just about me and that employee uh, it's about that that person's impact on everybody else and I was very very serious about hiring before then. But that's when I got more serious about firing. That's awesome. A, a lesson that I know Andy and I have both had to learn in some form or fashion. Everyone learns that one the hard way. I'm exactly who you are, though. <laughs> I, I hate conflict, and I want everyone to get yeah. along. Yeah. So to maybe just go into that a little bit more, you talk almost we're talking about some leadership principles, right? Yeah. Um, but you've been able to grow this company uh, as the leader of this company. How have you, not so much as far as your customers, but your employees, how do you con continue to become a trustworthy leader that, that is worth following? Well, I think that um, that's probably a better, better question for them. I'll just tell you what I try to do is I, I am actually, and I like being an advisor. So if mm -hmm. one thing is I'm doing what I'm asking them to do. So I'm not really asking people to do a bunch of things that I'm not doing uh, myself. So there's some credibility there. I think if I was a football player, I'd want to pay for a coach that played the game at, at some point, right? It just, it you've got a little bit more credibility there. Um, and our industry is kind of filled with, filled with a lot of mercenary leaders, like people that have been hired by a PE firm and just plugged in, and they they were running a software company before. That you know, creative planning, not just me, but all of the leaders, we've we've grown from doing what they're doing. The 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 woman that runs tax, Candace practices tax still, and and that's how she got promoted to that role. Same with Seamus, who runs legal and so on. You could do that throughout creative planning. I'm a big believer in the player coach, staying in touch with the client, understanding their needs. Uh, so I think that's a big part of it. And I think the other the other part of it is 
for all my missteps, I think that people know that I really do think daily about how can I make this better. So when I do screw something up, I, I think I, I'm I think I'm given a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, forgiveness because I think they know I'm constantly trying to make it the best place that that they could possibly work. That's awesome. And you get one more question. What oh. do you got? You got to well, you got to choose. Well, one more question. I, I would say that we're gonna need to come back to this for a second because I had one and then I'm going to jump in I'm going to jump in and I'll let you finish I say this often Peter but <laughs> I am I uh, I'm all about experiences right yeah. I just think I think experiences are what make life worth living oftentimes yeah. what is the coolest experience that you have been able to be a part of you cannot say having kids yep. you cannot say getting Got married it. like what like something that you signed up for what's what's been the thing does it have to be work related no not at all well i mean so if i'm going to take out all the family stuff and things that you've taken off the table i'd say kind of a a, a full circle uh weird bookend experience is in high school uh i had my dad drove me to royal stadium a huge was huge fan you know growing up in the in the 80s. What you know, do you we're, know about that? We're, we're always in the playoffs and everything else. I'm just a huge, huge fan. And I had, was being interviewed, and they're like, well, what do you want to do? And of course, they're expecting you to say, you know, do you want to deliver? Do you, you want to do the peanuts or do you want to do whatever? I'm like, hey, I'd love to be a bat boy. And I was an idiot. You know, I was just a teenager. And the guy just laughed and he goes, you know what? I'm just going to call down to the clubhouse. And he calls down to the clubhouse, and it turns out they didn't need a bat boy, but they needed a clubby, which are the people that clean the uh, shoes for the play. Like, so we would go, the, the players would be there at four. They do batting practice, but then they throw all their clothes on the ground, and you'd wash it all. Uh, you'd get their lockers ready, then they'd go out and play the game, and and you'd finish all that stuff up, and, and then you'd get three innings to watch the game, walk around the stadium, then you'd come back and get their food ready. And back then, I don't know what they do today, but they'd had ke kegs of beer and everything else. They'd leave. Two hours later, you got to wait till the last guy's gone. Sometimes you're driving them to Adam's Mark across the street. So I got to do that for a few years. Mind-blowingly cool experience. Um, and so then when Sherman was putting together the ownership group now and to have the opportunity to be involved in that, that was just such a, such a weird, I mean, I, I wouldn't call either of those the greatest experience of my life by a stretch, especially with, even with you eliminating all the things, but in terms of just a, uh, uh, wow, that's cool moment full uh, was, was yeah. a full circle that's moment. Awesome. And, and just, uh, it, it's just such a Royals are so connected to the city and yep. I love the city so much. And so it just tied a lot of things together that were really cool. That's awesome. Thanks yeah. for sharing. Yeah. Um, I have one question in particular, and then another one that I would do want to ask. One is, do you still have customers that you specifically say, no, this is mine, just as almost a, a legacy type? Oh, I, I work with uh, I, a, I work with many, many clients. Yeah, a lot, a lot of clients, well over 100 still. That's, so every day- As the primary contact? As the Every day, I am the wealth manager for a big group of clients. That's right. So basically, I would say I'm seeing- five clients a week, probably on average on top of the other things. But it, what that really does is it gives me, um, you know, when you're in that meeting from beginning to end and you're involved in the investments and what they're trying to accomplish as a family and everything else, it makes it easier to understand, well, what are the needs of the organization? How else can this organization meet this family's needs or the client's needs? What is it that I should write about in the next newsletter or talk about in our next podcast? Because you start to get all those all those questions directly. You don't have to wait till they get so intense sure. at other levels that they work their way up to you. And I think it, I think it helps. And plus, it's my favorite thing to do uh, at creative planning. And so I will never, I'll never let that part of the job go. 
Last one for me, stress. What's yeah. your secret to handling stress? I, you know, I, so I, like everybody, I get a little bit stressed, but I really have this, this feeling that like most things don't matter. Uh, and most things aren't worth, just aren't worth it. You know, I saw Keanu Reeves quote and he goes, I'm just at the point in my life where if somebody says two plus two is five, I just say, okay. You know, I mean, like there's just a lot, a lot, you don't have to have an opinion about everything. You don't have to argue about everything. Um, if something happens, I just, I, I pause and I ask myself five years from now, is this going to matter? And, you know, 99 times out of 100, the answer is no. Now, the problem with that thinking is sometimes you're like, well, shit, you know, this might matter, you know, five years from now. But what it does is it lets you focus on really getting that thing right. And so you guys know as 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 leaders or even if you have a big client base or, or whatever, you, you are going to have decisions coming at you all the time and stressors coming at you all the time. And if you really focus on what matters, it, you wind up not being a stressed out person because most things don't matter. And you're putting your energy into the things that really do. So you make better decisions there. Very cool. Well, Peter, thanks for joining us today. Peter Malouk of Creative Planning and coming full circle, one of the owners of the Kansas City Royals. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, today. thanks for having me, guys. It was fun.